The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of living well, and all things beauty. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley Madair, your purveyor of this definitive source of living a beautiful life. The definition of to empower is to promote the self-actualization or influence of a person. Today's guest has been empowering men and women throughout her entire career, and she's not done yet. I welcome Ms. Tamson Fidel to Forever Fab, and we'll be chatting about influence, leadership, and empowerment. Welcome. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you for your time. I hope I live up to that. (laughs) Beyond, beyond. (laughs) And speaking of living up to that, your achievements are numerous and quite impressive. May I list a few? Yes, you're very kind. An 11-time Emmy Award-winning journalist. And I really think we should capture a picture of your Emmy room. It is brilliant. All that gold is fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Currently, you're the anchor uh, at PIX 11 News in Mm -hmm. New York. You have more than two decades of experience, although you barely look two decades old. I was going to say, you could take the decades part <laughs> off, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Several years experience. In 2016, you received the Ellis Island Medal of Honor, mm-hmm. and that was from the National Ethnic Coalition of Organizations, and we'll talk about your culture and ethnicity later and how that's influenced you in sure. your life. In 2015, you were named a Power Woman by Moves Magazine, I concur. In 2014, you were selected to receive the Soldiers, Sailors, Mariners, Coast Guard, and Air Men's Club Media Award for your overwork seized with the troops. Thank you for doing that. You've also appeared on The Talk, The Today Show, The Good Morning America, Lifetime, A&E, The CBS Early Show. You've co-authored three books, is it? Mm-hmm. Three books. You're very involved in charitable organizations, including the support of breast cancer awareness and education. You co-founded Shanson Jewelry, yes. named after you, right, and your cousin. Shannon Elizabeth, who's an actress, mm-hmm. and a portion of all proceeds go to animal rescue and breast cancer charity. So thank you again for that. You are of Lebanese descent. Yes. You were born in Massachusetts. You graduated from the University of South Florida, and you live here in New York City. You ah, get around. Thank you, girl. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so you have accomplished so much throughout the years. How would you describe yourself today? Oh, gosh. I think You know what I think today? I'm finally learning how to breathe a little bit. And I'm learning what balance is about. And I, I can tell you, and anyone who knows me can attest to that, I didn't know how to do that before, and now I'm learning how important it really is. And, uh, you know, how it makes you well-rounded, a better person, and allows you to help other people, and that, that all comes back to you. I love that. It all begins with breath. Yes. You sound like a yogi. Do you do yoga? Yeah, I do. I love it. I love, I love it. So do I. As much as I can. When I'm not busy, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Which goes against everything. In between, in between <laughs> takes, right? Did you always know what you wanted to do in life? Um, 
You know what? I went back and forth. I, I did. Look, I, I had those dreams when I was younger. I want to be on Broadway. And my dad goes, uh, find the career that you're going to do and figure <laughs> something out. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so I, I looked around uh, quite a bit. And when I was in my junior year in college, I got interested in radio. Ah, actually. Okay. And that's where I started. That was my first year. I did news radio in Tampa, St. Pete. And then after that, I decided I'd like telling stories. I did used to broadcast to my family in the garage. <laughs> I made them pay me to listen to my broadcast. Your own uh, makeshift studio. I love it. And of course, they supported uh, you fully. Yes, with a quarter up to a dollar, I think. <laughs> uh, but then I decided it really, really was about uh, storytelling and uh, talking to people. And I, I, I love people's stories to mm. this day. That's what I love to do. I anchor the news at night. But what really gets me going and what I enjoy is talking to people and interviewing them. So you dreamed about being on Broadway. Way, but you do work with Broadway actors and actresses and performers. And didn't you have a cameo on Broadway at one I, time? I did. I did. I talk about it all the time. As you know, <laughs> I don't know how many years ago, eight years ago, <laughs> I got to do a walkout in Chicago. That was the best day of my how life. How fantastic was that? That, that was fun. And uh, I'm excited because I also, like you said, I do interview a lot of the celebrities and performers. I have a monthly show called Broadway Profiles. It just went national. Congratulations. Kind of That's major. And, yeah, we're super excited about that. And you get to talk to the different people and what they do. And it's really what they do when they're getting ready for a show and prepping and who they are in their real life and how they balance it all. That's the interesting part of it. So what inspires you and what drives you? Oh gosh, that's a, that's interesting. It's, it's changed over the years. I think what inspires me is seeing everybody move forward together. I like that. I, I know we use the word empower a lot, but I think when you draw right down to what that really means at the end of the day, if you know you've helped somebody, yeah. uh, you've moved the ball forward, gotten a message across, yeah. I think that that's, that's exciting to me. That, that inspires me. And, you know, I like what I do a lot. And it I want to do more. Oh, thanks. I, I do. I enjoy it every day. And every day it's different. And yeah. that's why I just chose that career because I didn't want to do the same thing every right. day. Right. And I'm still able to appreciate that part. I want to touch upon a couple of things that you mentioned. Uh, one, empowerment, and the second about what you do every day. So mm-hmm. what exactly does empowerment mean to you? I know you mentioned helping people. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, you know, I, I've got into a place where at one time I, I was in the world of dating and relationships and had a matchmaking business here in New York for a short time. Right. And that's where those books that you mentioned came from. Yes. And I went through a divorce and, and wrote my third book and it was called The New Single. And what I realized with that, it wasn't a dating book. Mm-hmm. It was a book about how to get back into life. To after get your mojo back. Change. Yeah. And it's, it's a real thing. It's not about saying a couple of, you know, good self-help words. It's not about uh, just changing your environment. There really are a lot of things that lead up to that. And it's not just people going through a divorce. It's people who are going through a big life change. Kids have left the house. They're on their own. They've never gotten married and they've decided they're going to be single. And um, there are different career changes. Somebody gets let go. Somebody's aged out of their career. Whatever it is, those big life changes are frightening to mount. And I realized after I wrote the book and went across the country and talked to people, people were coming uh, out to the book signings that weren't even divorced. They were married. They were yeah. happily married. Yes. But they had aged out of their career or they wanted a career change. And that excites me to be able to help them in some way. And I think I'm helping myself at the same time because I'm, we're all going through it together. Yeah. It's not I have a whole bunch of words of wisdom, but I certainly think that 
we can share stories and, and help each other. I like that definition of empowerment. So let's get back to the books. You have written three books, mm-hmm. and they're about dating, mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. the loss of love. Right. And I would say that having read the new single, that it's actually really about pivoting and transformation. It's, it's all about that. Who, by the way, you make an appearance in the new single. <laughs> Thank you for G- my quote. Giving people, giving people <laughs> advice, because I, I think that that's so important. It's, it's about being whole. Yeah. It's not about fixing your looks or fixing your body or fixing your finances or fixing your house, you know, decluttering is so big right now, which I love to do, yes. but it's about all of that as yeah. a whole. And, um, and yeah, it was about love loss and it, and it, and it was about finding yourself again and doing that pivot. And that's what I had to learn how to do for that part of that part of my change. And I'm sure I have a lot more changes down the road, but the pivoting can be tough. It can be tough and uh, it takes a lot and it takes dedication to do it. Yeah. But thankfully we have people like you who are helping people along through their transformations of various sorts. And I'm, I really appreciate that your approach to it is holistic, just like my practice of plastic surgery is holistic. So yes. holism, if mm-hmm. you will, is really uh, transcends any everything. I, I absolutely agree. And I think, I don't know if we know it when we're younger or not. I don't know if we, we learn it as we move forward in life, but I've certainly learned that and I've certainly come to appreciate it more and more. That's fantastic. So what projects are you working on now? Mm. I've got the um, Broadway show, which yes. is exciting. That takes up time uh, when I'm off the air with the news. The news is a priority. Yes, no kidding. <laughs> Broadway show comes second. Yes. Um, and then, you know, I'm working on a documentary right now, and it really is about pivot and women moving into the yeah, next I'm very excited about that. Can you yeah. elaborate? Yeah, I can't say the title of, of it yet, course. but I can talk about what it is. And Because I, I started uh, a segment at work called Changemakers, and it was really about people that have done a whole bunch of change in their lives, whatever it is. They're helping people through a nonprofit. Yeah, they're in a retail space. They started a business in a basement, and yeah. now it's a multi-million dollar business in stores everywhere. Very inspiring. Online. Yeah, I love that. And I wound up seeing that a lot of these people had done this as, a, as kind of their second act, the second yeah. part of their lives. Yeah. And that really, really inspired me. So I'm working on a documentary about that with a book to go along with it, a companion book. And I hope that I got to tell you something selfishly. I think it motivates me. I hope it motivates everybody else as much. <laughs> yes, but it, I'm but sure it, it will. It does for me because I, you know, we're living longer these days. We have more to offer. It's not a time where we just take one career and say, okay, I'm done with my career wrapped up and I'm going to retire and that's it. I see people doing tremendous things starting at 60 years right. old. And that's not something we saw before. And I don't think that our, our parents, you know, had that, did that. And so we're kind of that generation doing it. And that's exciting for me to find those people, interview them and uh, see how they do it and see what their secret is because everybody has their own secret. Very true. I'm really excited about that project. I I can't wait. You must let us know when that's about to launch. I will bring you back here. And we will bring you back here too. Your career. I don't know about at home. We should start with what I don't like. Okay, sure. What don't you like about being a boss? That's that's honest. Um, managing people oh. and people's time and right. you know this and that and all of that. Yeah. That's you know and payroll and cash flow and mm-hmm. all of those fun things yes. that no one prepares you for when no you go to fashion you. school or medical school for that. Matter. <laughs> I commiserate the reality of business. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. But you know I. I'm really lucky in my career where I've worked for a lot of people Mm. or I've freelanced for a lot of people or I've worked in an agency where I got to see people's businesses from their design studios Mm -hmm. to the way they do, you know, the marketing to the way they do all of this stuff. Yes. 
And from all of that collective history of work, yes, I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. You know, like I freelanced for Naeem Khan, and he was always having lunch with the team and uh, this and that. And I yeah. love that. I freelance yeah. for Tori and I like her live work balance and yes. she raised her kids Children, right. and built this great business. Yeah. You know, Patrick Robinson, who I've worked for twice and is one of my best friends and Wonderful. my mentor still to this day, he has a great sort of creative and business mind. Mm-hmm. And I can see from all of these varied people yeah. who have different businesses, whether from what they design or the size. And I can say, okay, I really like that. I think this You can this pick and works. choose what works for you. And I can sort of adapt it that way. And, you know, I have built this business quite steadily in the last four years yes, now. You, have, yeah. you know, really conscientiously and trying to be profitable and mm-hmm. build it into something mm-hmm. that can grow and withstand That's the right. time yeah. and you know in fashion like it's a marathon it is not a sprint oh my god it takes a lot of time yes it does but we don't realize that because no. there's so much fast fashion yes yes, yes. and it's glamorous and yeah. there's celebrities yes. and it's this right. and you know it's but it's work it's, it's work. like everything of course and yeah. there's so much more to it than what we just see oh yeah, oh, yeah. but you don't want to see it it's <laughs> we <laughs> might pull back the curtain a little bit later in this interview close it quickly yeah, close it quickly right <laughs> Why do you feel it's important to design democratically, meaning for all people? And in doing so, are you expressing um, your social views through your artistry, or did you find that there was a void in the market that you wanted to fill? You know, for me, I think to be a designer for today in 2020, you, I was just like, I want to appeal to a large range of people. You know, I, I have women in like conservative women in the Midwest wearing my yeah. clothes. I have people on the train in New York City wearing my clothes. Yeah. There are business women in Hong Kong who wear my clothes. Wonderful. And that's my dream. Yeah. And I hope to dress more people. And yes. it's it's not about you look or you have the same views as me politically or ideologically or race or sex or this or that. It's about for me, it's yes. really about dressing all people and it's not just people who are a size two it's not just people who you know have large bank accounts you know so i my strategy to build this business was really to focus in on the price and the quality and the design because all of it well oh i hope so yes you do testament (laughs) fan i'm a fan you cannot see what shirley's wearing today but she looks divine in blue victor (laughs) glamour it is of course so because of that you want to dress all people and want want your clothes your creations to be accessible to all people do you think in general that everyone should have access to fashion because not everyone does right there's fast fashion and there's couture yeah exactly you know i i do i don't think my industry does Mm. you know i think people some people, I should say, yeah. want things to be like they were, where it was really, you know, you controlled who got it, how they got it, and where they got it. Right. But that doesn't exist anymore. You know, if I go to a store and see something and then yeah. go home and buy it online, right. it's still a sale. That's right. If I see it online and then go to a store and try it on and buy it there, it's, it's the same the thing. Right. And I just think people are now deciding mm. when and how they shop. Right. And... 
I think that's great. Power to the people. Exactly. Like, why not? <laughs> why not? I mean, after all, I like to decide what I'm wearing. And you do it quite, quite why, well. Thank you. I, <laughs> I do particularly think that today my outfit is impeccable. <laughs> you have a lot of experience in business, as you mentioned, the business of fashion. What would you say is the most impactful thing that your experiences and all your freelancing taught you about about fashion as a business and Um, about having a brand all of my varied experiences taught me about taught me two things patience which Mm. I still have to remind myself of every single day Um, so maybe it's it's teaching me and also tenacity which Mm. really got my foot into the door at the very beginning of my career I love that and you know I have seen people who are at their peak in terms of image and they're super famous and did it all but their business sucks Mm. or people who have a great business and you know, it's selling, 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 but no one knows who they are. Ah, you know, so it's interesting. it's something in this like secret sauce, yes. which no one knows how to create it. That yep. you can sort of have both of those things at the same time. Right. But not a lot of people have that in right. fashion. Right. And do you think that secret sauce is something that's taught or something learned or something that you just kind of feel out once you're out here? I think it's it's about really persevering Mm -hmm. and like sticking to it you know if you look at someone like a michael kors who is a global brand all over wherever i travel like you see a michael kors bag everywhere you go yeah you know his business he's been around for a very long since like the early 80s wow and i just realized that it's been the early 80s and and i i think i know a lot about fashion but i didn't realize how early michael kors had been around definitely and his business has been up and he's worked for other people and it's done this and he's done that and that's about tenacity and that's about patience and perseverance and perseverance because that's how you rise up when you get knocked down and that's that's what it takes i agree did i say that this podcast was dedicated to perseverance i sure did and i didn't even know we were going to talk about there we go (laughs) prophetic prophecy here on the forever fab podcast (laughs) so you clearly represent diversity in fashion as a designer okay yes you do but what about inclusivity Mm. um has the fa- I know the fashion industry has embraced diversity because they talk starting about to. starting to. They, they talk about it on of, the runways. There's a lot of talk. Yeah, talk about it in terms of the designers. But what of inclusivity? Because I think they're two different things. You mm. can have diversity, right? And you could be... Mm, you could eat from the table, mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are allowed to sit at the table Correct. and have the conversations Correct. that Correct. make things happen. Correct. So what about inclusivity? For me, uh, you know, and I talked to my friend Beth Ann Hardison about yes. this. I talked to Iman about this. And, you know, in my mind, they got this conversation started about the model and the yes, image. And yes. that has grown into what we see today, which is remarkable. Remarkable. And Bethann has this thing going on with the CFDA that I'm sure she wouldn't mind if I talk about. Yes, I'd um, lo- love to have her on the podcast oh, to talk about I'll it. Oh, I'll introduce you to. Please That'll do. Be I'd love to hear she's about that best. initiative. I did read about it. She's the best. And she's what she's doing is bringing the black creatives together because she was tired of people being like, well, where's the black designer? Where's the right. black designer? Where's right. the black designer? Right. And so she's like, Bring us together. And there's all of these kids and people who are so talented Mm -hmm. that 
I'd never met before, right. that I was unaware of, because they're doing what they're doing, I'm doing what I'm doing, and our worlds don't collide. Right. And Even though you're in the same industry. Yes, and yeah. she's bringing us together. That's and amazing. And I said to Beth Ann when this was all starting, I was like, you know, you think of like, the Asian designers. You think of like historically, like the Jewish designers in fashion. Like there's a network and yes. there's a, a an association, a, an association, an and, a, and a sisterhood and a yes. brotherhood yeah. where there's support and this and that. And yes. I was like, as you know, people of color, we don't do that and we don't have that. Right. And so that started there. And my my other thing with it was, where is it on? in like the C-suites, like the people who are making the decisions, like that's where it actually yeah. continues to matter right. more so than ever. Right. And things are starting to open up. Right. There's a little frissure and a crack in a door, mm -hmm. but it's not a lot, right? you know? And we're just thinking about America and fashion is global. And you yeah. think about Europe and you think about Asia and you think yes. about Africa and you think about all of these things. And you're like, how do I deal with this? Yes. But you have to start somewhere. One day at a time. You know? And, and I think it's by having conversations like this. It's by, you know, doing these podcasts where people can hear and other and share and try to understand other experiences. And hear what's behind yes, the curtain. Yes, And then once you hear or see someone who looks and represents your background and what you've yes. done or yeah. some, and, and has a similar dream to what you are trying to navigate, yes. then you can try. Yeah, it has ripple effects. Yeah. And then that also opens an opportunity for you as a designer, not only to continue to create your work, but also to mentor, yes. as well as to be a mentee. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really, really important it to be able to connect. Yeah and to see yourself so you can try. And so I turned to coaching to be coached. And I found an incredible mindset coach who was so impactful and supportive of my journey and helping me understand my mindset, its impact on my body, Absolutely. perhaps the, the mind-body connection, because that's yes. huge. huge. And just, again, became so lit up by everything that I was learning, went back to school to be like, what can I learn? How can I incorporate this? How can I teach it? I, I think that's beautiful. I love that you went back to learn nutrition. I did the same, actually, just a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I did the same, and I thought there's something missing. And I always knew intuitively, you know, food and nutrition and inner health, but this beauty thing, you know, mm. that I'm trying to do and augmenting with plastic surgery and healing, et cetera. I was like, Ugh, I have to, I just have to learn more. And the nutrition that I learned in med school was just not enough. So yeah, I went and got a certificate in integrative nutrition. So I'm right there with yes, you, sister. sister. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Now, about the business coaching that you, mm -hmm. you, you pursued and you subsequently now um, do, what exactly does that entail? And how is your approach different from other business coaches? Yeah. Besides, so, you're just freaking fabulous. So that in and of itself <laughs> is like enough. But I'm just saying in your own words. Imagine how, if yeah. that was my curriculum. <laughs> well, I'm just fabulous. <laughs> Isn't that enough? I would sign up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it. I'm sorry. So what does business coaching entail? And how is your approach different? So I believe that we teach and share from our lived experience. So 
in that way, there's space for all of us. So many of us are, you know, going to the same coaching schools or the same medical schools, and we think that, well, we're all teaching the same thing. How yeah. are we unique? But we, right. when we teach from our authenticity and our lived experience, that's where the pivot is. That's yeah. where the juiciness is. Yeah. So my work combines traditional business coaching with mindset coaching and wellness coaching because yes. I believe we have to look at all three of those pieces with the same due diligence to okay. live well and whole. Okay. And we have to support ourselves in the center of our businesses. It's not just, you know, what's the revenue? and profitability I want to achieve, but how do I want to feel as I'm journeying towards that? What lights me up? Who do yeah. I want to be? Who do I feel right. called to be? What do right. I want to impact? Yeah. All of those things are so important. It's true. And you should be asking yourself, if I may say, not only how do I want to contribute to the world, but how do I want to contribute to a better life for myself so I can keep doing what it is that I yes. love? Yes. One of the yeah. things we talked about before we started recording was yes. self-sacrifice and that oh not gosh. being a contribution. Yes. And so many of us as founders, we tend to think, okay, keep your head down, stay in the hustle, produce the work, create something beautiful, but we're not taking care of ourselves. And that's not a contribution. We have to be able to show up fully for the work for our people for the impact. I'm glad that you repeated that for me because I'm going to quote you, self-sacrifice is not a contribution. This week's episode is dedicated to letting yourself shine. And who better to discuss this with me than Franklin Myrtle? We are talking today about dapper gents, why dressing up matters. Welcome to my interview with Franklin Myrtle. And Franklin, thank you for joining me. No, thank you. It's my pleasure. Who are you wearing today? Well, today I'm wearing a custom piece, a.k.a. by Franklin Myrtle. Not The accessory is not clearly mine, but I made them. But the wow. suit is all mine. You really have to see what's in the back of it. Can I turn around so Please, they can see? Please, yes. Show me. Turn around. We're going to have to. Wow. That's it's like, breast cancer awareness, of course. Oh, so that's what you do. That is a beautiful piece. Do you make them for women also? Not yet, but... <laughs> Soon to be. Soon and to be. for this interview, for this podcast, I am wearing yes. David Ford sunglasses, am I not? Yes, you are. Thank the you. David Ford. You want actually the latest custom presidential David Ford. Presidential. I like yes, that. Yes, indeed. Should I run? Doesn't she look great? <laughs> she looks marvelously Thank great. Thank you. Thank you. Perfectly made for you. Well, I'm going to try something new with this podcast. And typically what I do is research okay. everybody. I dig deep and I try <laughs> to find some information that will allow me to ask poignant, relevant questions. So that is fun for you and me. Of course. But this time, I did no research on you. I'm mm. just going to go off of the vibe when we initially met, and I'm just going to go with that, and I'm going to let the interview roll, and we will let your story unfold as the interview interview wow. moves along. What do you think I of feel, that? I feel honored. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Yes. I'm excited. The first time we met, Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week. Yes. There she was, just like <laughs> standing there. Everybody was like, who's this beautiful lady? She's very stylish. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I got to go over there and meet her. And it's so yeah. funny. I did the same with you. I walked in, and I thought, oh, my God. I came we over to you, actually. like the, 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 the conversation the vibe was so so neutral it was just like oh my gosh right it was it. it was electric and it was immediate i walked over to you and i was just like okay who yes. are you <laughs> thank victor glimmon we gotta thank up we victor have, big up to Vic, victor glimmon thank victor. you yes i'm trying to get him on my podcast too but he's mm. pc 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 but congratulations victor on all your success yes all about victor, you, you franklin yes so i did look up just one little little thing on linkedin mm. and your profile states as does your instagram account it states that you are a model an actor a fashion stylist and a host. 
Yes. Tell us about each one of those roles. Wow, where do I start? Anyway, I started fashion model. <laughs> Fabulous life. Well, as a model, I model for nine and a half years. You could say 10 years, round it off. Yes. I have a Lifetime Achievement Awards for that. For being, thank you, thank you. For being an international model. Of course, I did a little bit of uh, Sean John, D-Square, Ralph Lauren, yes. Alice Galanga, just to name a few. But I, funny thing about it, I started off with uh, Rip the Runway. I don't know if oh, you remember. Oh, you did? Yeah. I remember Rent the Runway. You started modeling for them? Yes, but the the, <laughs> the number one thing, because it was having one in Palm Beach called Rip the Runway. Oh, Rip. Yes. Oh, I do. So, I think I remember that. Rip also. the Runway. It, it started with BT. I don't know if you remember that BT was doing a Rip the Runway. Yes. So it started with that. And then um, I was the headline because at that time, I literally had an eight pack. Wow. Like, my body was like, now it's like a gem free. Who's your plastic surgeon? My parents. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. I love my that. Parents. That was a trick question. I love well, that. Well, they were my parents. Good I had answer. to thank them. And the fact that I have a little bit of Caribbean in me, so yes. Yes, of All course. That, that lean, that lean. Of course. So you have an international award for being a model. Yeah, international model as international well as a fashion model. stylist. Fashion stylist. Now talk yeah. to me about styling. Styling. I love styling. See, I'm wondering, well, by the way, when am I going to style you again? Um, soon. Soon. Define <laughs> soon, My parents. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, soon, my darling. Soon. Okay. I clearly use your help, so yes. Oh, indeed. Thank you. <laughs> to answer your question, yes. you definitely will need my help. I don't think you need my help as much, but I'll be your assistant. Well, thank okay. you. As far as styling goes, to answer your question, yeah. styling is something I've been doing all my life. I simply stated that because my mother used to work with Gucci. Oh. And then... Um, so Gucci's in the jeans. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat in the jean. Um, but she had a boutique in Florida, in Boca Raton, Florida. Mm -hmm. So I always used to go there, and she would have me say, stay in, the, uh, in a boutique at a time when clients comes in. Yes. So long story short, I'll be the one doing the styling. Oh. Yes. Wow. But I couldn't go into fashion until I got a degree. Got it. Now we'll, so, we'll talk to we'll talk about that. Actually, mm -hmm. that's a good segue. Yeah. Speaking of getting a degree, yeah. you actually studied ultrasonography, ultrasound. Ultrasound. But you know, here's the thing about it. Yeah. I first I majored in computer programming. Okay. Ultrasound. You know, it's computer. It's close. Yes. <laughs> but I wanted to work for IBM. So what they did, they picked up and went overseas. So at that time. The gentleman said, I quote, we can only offer you $9.75 an hour. Wow. Then I was like, $9.75 all that schooling? Then I went home and I told mom, they offered me $9.75. She's like, for what exactly? Just for what exactly? Right. And she's like, no, just go back to school. So I went back to school and I yes. became an ultrasound technologist. Got it. So my first job it was at $21.25 an hour much better than 9.75 of course so i look at the fact if i would have stick with 9.75 it probably would have take me maybe 10 years to get to that $21 with the yeah, rates like perhaps yes now how did you transition from being an ultrasound tech to fashion because i i was fed up i literally was fed up with the 9 to 5 okay. so i was like Got to get up. I'm always on call. So for two years straight, I two years straight, I worked seven days a week. I know all about that, my friend. Seven days a week. <laughs> I was at the hospital. From the hospital, I was at a cardiologist's office. Yes. So I was like, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I would work at the hospital. Monday through Thursday, I would work at the cardiologist's office. office. So I was like, yeah. I literally didn't have a life. Okay. So 
when I fin- when I kept looking, it's like, okay, I need to get back to fashion. I kept looking at some of my friends that I knew. It was like, oh, they doing this. They doing this. Sean John this. Valentina. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Lord, I need to get out there. <laughs> so when I spoke to my mother, she was like, you know you fashion royalty. I'm like, I am? She was like, yeah. Like, I'm not mine. I know you're a fashion designer. She's like, your great-grandparents were a fashion designer. Oh. Your grandparents were a fashion designer. And, you know, I'm a, a celebrity stylist. I was like, wait, why didn't you tell me that before? She's like, you need to know that on your own. Mm. So, long story short, in September of 2006, yes. I was like, here's my two weeks notice. Wow. Yes. So since September 2006. I haven't had a regular 9 to 5 since You have then. never had a regular 9 to 5. Oh, You've no. never looked at an ultrasound again. I looked at it when, <laughs> <laughs> in terms when I got, certain times I get called as a specialist. Because, yes. you know, it's like you got to keep your medical license. Yes. So long story short, it's like, yeah, but 9 to 5, no. I can't imagine when you walk into the hospital with your style. Yes. Everything must stop. Even the machines must stop. Mm. Like beep, 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 beep. Even the machine wanted an ultrasound. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about fashion candy. and why you love it so much. What does it mean to you? What? Why is fashion so much a big part of your life? Well, fashion is such a big part of my life. It means a lot to me. Consider the fact that we are fashion. We are where we we I. People say fashion. I'm like, what does that mean exactly? Because you do wear clothes 24-7. Yes. You do style yourself. So all, all together, you've been a fashion or fashionista all your life because True. you've been wearing clothes ever since you were a kid. So it means so much to me because I love dressing up. I love yes, making it shows. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I love when people say, you look great. You look wonderful. Yes. I love what you're wearing. Yeah. You suave. So I got, <laughs> so got the nickname of suaveologist. Suaveologist. I'm yes. writing that down. Is there an E at the end of that? Was it S U A V O? No, it's S U S U A V E. Oh, there is an or, E. Yes. Oh, okay. Suave. Suave. I got it. We're going to hashtag that. Of course, you know, suave <laughs> means cool, calm, and collective. I'll just mean yes. to study. So That's put it right. all together, suaveologist. I love it. Mm-hmm. So, why do you believe it's important to have? So, let's make a little bit of a distinction between fashion okay. and style. Okay. So, you mentioned that everyone is sort of their own fashionista, their own stylist, because we wake up every morning and we decide what to wear. Correct. Now, what about style? How is that different from fashion for you? Well, well, it's different because you looked at it. Certain people will, will love to wear name brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, if you were to say um, Valentino, yes, or speaking Gucci, of. yes, speaking yes. Of, which you <laughs> fabulously wear quite well. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So certain people like would love to wear name brands, mm-hmm. not necessarily very stylish with it, if that makes sense. I understand. So if you understand it, someone who's very advanced with fashion, right? You could give them a budget, say five hundred dollars, yes. versus someone who's wearing a five thousand dollar budget. The yes. person who's wearing five hundred dollar budget looks more extravagant than the person that's wearing five thousand dollars. Got it. Because he or she took their time to put it together okay. and make a statement piece out of it. So there was some intentionality to of it, of course. And that's what you think distinguishes fashion from style. Yes, I think I like that. I like that intention. Yes. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.